wish I was a slave to an age-old trade Like riding around on rail cars and working long days Lord have mercy on my rough and rowdy ways Lord have mercy on my rough and rowdy ways Call it one drink too many, call it pride of a man It don't make no difference if you sit or you stand Cause they both end in trouble and start
These are the places I will always go So I wish I was a slave to an age-old trade Lord, have mercy on my rough and rowdy ways How's it going? You're listening to Open Lines Radio. This is uh, the virtual campfire, the Hobo Safe Camp virtual campfire. Replays of old uh, virtual campfire podcasts. <clears throat> Excuse me. This I'm going to keep this short this, today because it's a pretty long episode. Uh, we were joined. This originally aired on February twenty, February twentieth, twenty seventeen. We were joined by uh, Pamela Robbins, London Wolf, Heather Belt, and Michelle Silver. I'm going to guess this was a Sunday morning when it originally aired because it's called Easy Like Sunday Morning, and I can't imagine why I would have titled it that otherwise. But maybe there's a, a nugget in here. We're going to listen and find out. And uh, there's a whole th- a bunch of things we talked about in this episode, from meditating with animals to uh, living on a farm in Australia. So how do you go wrong with an episode like this? I think I actually think there were animal uh, bookends. We had uh, the, the meditating with animals to Michelle talking about um, being a cattle farmer so uh, or a dairy farmer. Um, so let's just get this thing going, shall we? Because, like I said, it's a long one, and there's a lot of information to unpack in it. And what, what, before we do, I want to make sure that you know you have an invitation to add your voice to Open Lines Radio. If you have something to say that you would like to join this conversation with, please DM me, at ArtBellIsDead on Instagram, and we will get your voice out there. So please do that. Um, in the meantime, though, Listen to this. All right, let's get this show on the road. You didn't come here to hear me ramble. You came here to hear Pamela and London and Heather and Michelle. And it's okay, I'm not offended. I know you want to hear them. That's why I brought them here to you. Uh, So pick up your end of this beautiful and miraculous tin can telephone that the universe has provided to us to send love and receive love straight into each other's hearts. Pam, London, Heather... Shell, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. I am so pleased to introduce you all to Pamela Robbins. She and her animals have written a book called Meditating with Animals, and it's some next-level shit. I'm not even kidding. And what you're about to listen to is a conversation between the two of us that quickly turns into a therapy session for me. And um, I've been walking around in a state of blissful peace ever since we talked. It's amazing. You can find Pamela on Instagram as at meditatingwithanimals, And you definitely need to check out her website, which is meditatingwithanimals.com, and you most definitely need to buy her book. And especially if you're dealing with someone in your life, like me, who has a difficult time connecting with pets in the home. Um, Maybe it's you. Uh, I think what she's doing, though, is really important, and I can't wait to see where this goes. So, Pamela, kick us off. Hello, 
Michael, let's talk about you. What <laughs> <Not> about me? <laughs> I'm looking at your book, and it's so cool. It's so okay. I want to ask you something, okay? Before we get into, I, I know, I I want to get into more about you, but I want to ask you something. I have a block against animals. Okay. Not I don't like. I'm not against them. I don't hate animals. I actually really love animals. But I like have this thing with I like wild animals in their wild habitat, and even like we have like we have three dogs and a cat, and I'm surrounded by animals. I, my my wife is a former rescue freak who like hundreds of hundreds of foster dogs have come through our house, and maybe that's kind of what it, what it what it is. But I always try to kind of keep my my emotions shut off to the pets. Yeah. Is that weird? Is that what does that say about me? I don't hate them. I like them. Like I'll take them out. I don't. I'll. I'll. I'll even talk to them and pet them. But I. I emotionally, I don't allow myself to be connected. And I did that. Just. I just realized that when I was reading through your book the other night. Interesting. Well, immediately, what I feel from that is that the the animals have all been brought into your space, and you like. And, and rescue animals carry a lot of energy. I mean, have you selected an animal throughout your life? Have you have have you had a connection with an animal that has had a connection with you? And you're like, oh my god, that we, you know, this was a piece of me that was missing. This is, you know, a part of my soul that I just found. Or have the animals like all been incoming from from various rescue? Like what? Did, have you ever had a role in bringing an animal in? Yeah. Well, we've had – like when I was a child, we had um, – I, I don't remember the cat, but I remember the, I, it, from pictures and what I'm told from my mom, you know, like we had a cat that I, that I loved named Amos. And so like okay. every time I see like – you know when you get the things like what was your first cat's name or your first pet's name? It's like even right. I don't remember that pet, like that was my first pet. And then we got a dog that was kind of a, a some, someone at my brother's preschool was allergic to dogs, and we ended up, it was just this little, it was like a half dachshund, half Pekingese, it was really weird looking dog. But like, we, I connected with that dog, and like, we had that dog for a really long time. Um, but like, s since then, but I don't know that it was really ever like a emotional connection, like I would see like my little brothers and sisters having with it as, as much. I don't know, I've always just kind of, I don't. I don't know. Well, it's in, well. I mean, definitely around the rescue and and all. There's a lot of heavy energy around that, and there's a lot of need. And you know, it does. It it. You know, you're you are what you're doing, and the work that you do with people is really empathic. And the work that your wife does with the rescues is also very empathic. And so, you know, it's. It's kind of a lot, but the beautiful thing about the animals is that they can give to you as much as you give to them. And it, it is about that, like recycling energy. But if you're, a, you know, did, you know, the animals, do they come and then do they go? Do they get rehomed? Are you fostering? Are you, I know you said you have three dogs. Well, yeah, not, we, we don't, in fact, we, she hasn't, she hasn't done it for a few years. We had to stop because, and not because of the animals, because of just kind of the, I don't the people. And just the stress that comes with yeah. fostering dogs. She did it for a couple of years, and um, I mean, even though like we've had like our 
we had a house destroyed by dogs pretty much coming through that year. That wasn't even the issue. It wasn't the dogs. It was just the people. But yeah, as as you're talking and I'm 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 thinking, um, it, it, there were a, a lot of them that came through. But we got to a point where like it's um it's been we, we kept three of them. We have I call them our foster dog failures because they came as fosters and we ended up keeping them. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had them for for a few years. Um, and 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 I I'm I would don't say I'm like I'm not connected with them. It's I'm just I don't know. I just I don't want to go through. I guess I don't want. I don't know. I I I'm thinking it's probably I just don't want to like go through like when they the the dealing with the attachment issues yeah. when they go. You know, well, knowing well, that they're all well, kind of older. Our dogs because they're rescue dogs that they don't have that much longer left. So here so here's the thing. So I can totally feel your resistance. And, you know, and I really think it's an oppor- it's a beautiful opportunity for you to give, you know, to look at them and, you know, say, like, what have they brought to my life? What can I bring to their life? What can we bring to each other's life? You're all there together for a reason. And you have clearly, you know, a lot to give and they have a lot of a lot of gifts to give to you, too. And I think that, you know, maybe the book is, you know, a way to open up some you know, different ways that you can connect with them, that you can share, you know, that loving energy in a, in a safe way. And yes, you know, what, no matter what, they're going to leave us. But it's the time that we have right now. Like, how can you, how can you use these moments? You know, you, you live with them, you know, they're going, they're going to leave, you know, people leave, you know, I mean, it is, it's about attachment and it's really, it's really hard. It's one of the hardest things about owning animals. But I think also it's one of the most beautiful things because where would they be if they weren't with you? And what would their life be like, you know, if they weren't with you? You know, they're in a loving and safe home and, you know, they are protected for, you know, whatever, however many, however much longer they're, they're here. So, you know, maybe they've shown up in your life to be mirrors for you to work on the attachment issue in a safe way. And, you know, as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking it might be, it's almost more of, I just know how my wife and daughter are going to react when, <laughs> when they go. And I, it's almost like, all right, I know they're going to be way over emotional. I got to, and I see, look, but look, I'm already, I'm thinking ahead to the yeah, dogs that's leaving Yeah, that's what I'm like, dude, you're like, so the, <laughs> you're like so in the future with this, like, Okay. And then, you know, and, and here's the other thing, the, the other thing that they're mirroring to you is, you know, they're in the present moment. That's all that exists to them. And so right there in that piece, you know, you have two, you have two things, you have attachments and then you have, you know, projection issues and they are unconditional love and they are in the moment. And those are two things that I think, you know, that could be gifts to you if you want to take them. And then you can have ways that you, you know, return that energy to them. You know, it's, or you can just, you know, continue on, you know, you know, lamenting that they're going to die. I'm like, so. I'm like sitting here, like, you're such an, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like having this, this, I'm sitting here having this epiphany and I'm like Good. realizing things. But I, but I think that they, I think there's some, some, you know, softening. And it's, what's really interesting about the book is that, you know, I never really, I just wrote it. I never planned on writing a book. And the fact that like I've had so many emotional reactions from men has really surprised me because, you know, my history with men, you know, starting from my father and straight on through, you know, 
has has um, I've called in things that you know I've needed to learn, and I, it's not that I have a fear of men, but I definitely, um, I'm you know I have a trepidation. You know, I ha- I take my time. I you know I just, but the book has been this healing tool in the sense that I see men soften, and I see them get something. I mean, I've had more men hug me and thank me and say, "Wow, this is amazing." not just because of the lessons, because of the lessons and maybe something they experienced with their animal, but also because they hear my story and how the book came about and it touches something in them, which was really a surprise to me. I did not expect that. I definitely was like, women are my market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's, I don't know. You have, I don't know if it's so much the book or if it's just your energy because where I'm at now is nowhere close to where I anticipated being when I, asked you that when I started asking you questions yeah like I've just this this realization so how did what how did you come about the writing this book okay well let me let me just go go back to that one piece too because I think for men um you know men men are you know it, it's it's much it's much more difficult for them to show emotions and I think the way that the book is written has really like it, it's not traditional meditation these are all things that the animals are already doing with us and that they would like us to do with them. And so um, I think in some way there is magic in that and it opens, it opens men up to feeling things and they really do want to feel, but they want to feel like in a, in a way that's like, like they're, you know, they're just, they're looking through the, you know, like the crack of a door and then they open it wider and they're like, oh my God. And that was like so nice. And that was amazing. Thank you. You know, right. I had this guy, his name, his dog's name was Barbara. And he told me that Barbara was his wife. <laughs> and, um, you know, I told him about the book, he took the book home. I saw him the next day cause I was doing a book signing. And he said, the first thing he like ran up to me, he goes, can I hug you? And I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Um, and so I was like, what, you know, like, what's up? And I mean, he was the most beautiful hug. And he said, I, he goes, you know, we talked about the chapter on love. I went home, I read it. And he said, you know, normally I, I sit with her at night and, you know, I'm like loving, you know, her and, you know, I'm holding her. And he said, but the book gave me a way to consciously give her love. And I knew she was receiving it. And then I was receiving her love in a different way. And he said, and it was an amazing experience. And he said, I just want to thank you for that. And he had tears in his eyes. Oh, I just needed to have that pers- perspective shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But I think I think you're right. I think a lot of men are just looking for the um, permission to feel. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think even you know, all of us are, aren't we? It's like, we're all, you know, we're all kind of like, it's hard out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and our animals really provide us with this beautiful, safe place that, you know, we can go to and they are the healers and the teachers at our feet. And they are there for us always navigating our energy. And, you know, and so, yes, that's, so I'll segue into how the book, you know, came to me because it's exactly about, um, it's exactly that. So, I um, I went through as, as what I now refer to as a series of um, relentless life challenges. And so in a really short period of time, I watched my mother um, die from uh, the 
I think it was 17 years in total of breast cancer, which turned into bone cancer. And I had, um, I was at her bedside and it was about three or four days of watching the life go out of her body. And I was like getting these messages, like, do you understand how short life is? You know? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, you know, and, and it just, it was over and over. It was repeating in my head. And during the time when I was with her, I was supposed to be having a biopsy um, because I had uh, my doctor had found a lump on my thyroid gland, and so um, I didn't know how long I was going to be out there with her through this process of you know her dying and then the funeral and all that. So I scheduled the biopsy to happen during that time, and I had it, and I went through the funeral and and everything, and I got home and um, I got a phone call a day later, and it was my doctor, and she's like. Um, are you sitting down? And we know oh, that's no, not, no. And we know that's not good. So um, I just was like, yes, I'm sitting down. And she's like, okay. So the biopsy came back and you have two um, lumps on your thyroid gland and it is cancer. And I said, okay. And I said, so what do we do? And she, you know, basically outlined a plan. And in that moment, again, I got the message. Do you get how short life is? And I almost, I felt, you know, like euphoric because I understood in an instant how valuable life was. And then also like, you know, I'm going to fight for my life. Right. And so that, you know, went through the surgeries and all that. And in the process of that, when they removed the cancerous tumors, they had to pull them off of my vocal cords. So they grew into my throat as opposed to out and they were never visible and I probably never would have found them. Um, It was a total fluke that she found them. And so they stretched the vocal cords, pulled off the cancer, and then I was left with a paralyzed vocal cord. Um, And the vocal cord is the only nerve in the body that does not repair itself. So the result of that was I had to wait about two months and I had difficulty um, because one cord couldn't interact off the other. I couldn't breathe properly. I couldn't swallow properly. I couldn't speak. My voice got very, it was exhausting. And I was running a restaurant in two hotels and I had 60 employees. And um, it was, I just had, I just, I started texting and emailing and all of that. And then I just, I got tired and I got quiet. And um, right after that, or during that time when I was healing, my then um, husband, his mom passed away. And um, he made some bad choices that resulted in my deciding that um, if I was ever going to look myself in the mirror again and have some self-respect, that I was going to have to leave my marriage. And it was not a good time to leave my marriage. I was trying to recover and, you know, had just lost my mom and, you know. Right. Dealing with your own issues. But, you know, I got the message again you know, do you understand how short life is? And in that moment, I understood. Because it was like the universe was tired of throwing stones and they threw a rock. They threw a bolt. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is a dumb one. <laughs> <We're, we're, laughs> this, this is a really dumb model. We have to throw a, a massive can, We can only help you so much. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got to... So, <laughs> so, you know, and I just, I was like, this is ridiculous, you know? So I literally, I moved out of my home. So every, all my safety and security, my mom gone, my husband gone, my home, I left my home, put it up for sale. Ultimately we sold uh, the three businesses. I went from owning homes to renting homes and I moved three times in 
less than a year. Um, and during that process of being completely like gutted, I understood that I was supposed to find myself and I was supposed to rely on myself and find my own strength and my own power. And it was in there all the time. You know, I just, I had given it away. And truthfully, I believe that I had gotten thyroid cancer and lost my voice because I had also given my voice away. And so the book came to me, the animal method was given to me um, by my animals. It, I never expected to write a book, um, and certainly not the animal method. But what they gave me is, um, because what I was going through uh, radioactive iodine therapy and um, treatment, and I had to be quarantined for a few days. And I was in and out of this state of like consciousness and semi-consciousness like during this time because my brain was like shutting down. It was not working. It was trying to compute all the stuff that had happened within like a three-month period. And so I was quiet and I was, you know, quarantined and my animals were on me, my cat, my three cats. And I literally was like staring off into space for hours in complete silence. And then I would close my eyes and I would sleep and I would wake and I would stare into space and I would sleep. And it went on like that for days. And it was during that time that, you know, I, ha I literally saw the energetic exchange that was happening between my animals and myself. And I thought, oh, my God how hard they are working on me, how hard they have been working on me all this time. Oh my God, I'm going to kill them. You know, like, I, I mean, what energy do they have left? And I thought, you know, when I get better, when I get healed, when I am stronger, I want to find a way to return this energy to them. That is going to be my gift. Cool. So about three months later, in, in like literally three days and three nights, I sat and I was like, just writing my head off, like, you know, about the animal method. So what they gave me was animals as an acronym. They're very clever. Um, <laughs> and they said, this is what we are doing with people. And this is how we would like the energy returned to us. And so this is how the book is actually set up. So cool. the animal method is um, A is for awe, N is to notice, I is in the moment, M is to meditate, A is to allow, L is love and S is to stay. Right and so each chapter in the book, I know I talk a lot, don't I? No, no, that's <laughs> fine. I'm, 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 I'm involved. I'm listening. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay. So like, for example, the chapter on awe, like each chapter has, um, like I write about the science behind awe and how it benefits our health and our well-being. And then I bring that back into the, the fact that we have animals in our homes with us and to look at them from this higher perspective and the lineage of, you know, their, their history. You have dogs in your home. Mm -hmm. Well, they're related to wolves. I mean, they're in your house. That's awesome. And so how what behaviors are, you know, are they doing that, you know, I Google stuff all the time, like why my cats do stuff or why my friend's dogs, you know, do stuff or my horse does things. I want to understand them. Um, but what I write about, like, off, for example, I go into the science of it. I go into the health benefits of it. Then I write a little bit. I, I have stories. So I do some storytelling. And then I have um, a meditation that finishes the chapter. So in that uh, chapter, it would be the awesome meditation. And so um, one of the things that the animals said was that, you know, people are intimidated, intimidated by like traditional meditation. 
And so that meditation needs to be understood that it's anything in the present moment that, or anything that brings us into the present moment. And so all the meditations I have, the let go and let them meditation, the everything but the kitchen sink meditation, the walk on the wild side meditation. And you can combine these, you can, um, you know, just focus on one and they're all designed to allow us to have these moments of being 100% present with them. And then that's the gift. So what we're doing is, is that they're in the moment and they're with us. We are their whole world. And so then when we are present for them 100% and we're intentionally returning energy, loving energy, um, giving them kindness or gratitude or looking at them in awe, it exchanges energy. It fills them up. And so we are recycling their loving energy back to them. And so, you know, in that way, that was what I wanted to to be able to do so that they wouldn't get ill, you know, that I wouldn't deplete them from the things that I was bringing home with me, from the things that I was working through, you know, and then that's basically the concept of the book. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you think, have you ever thought of this, that, that maybe the way that you connected so much with your animals at that point was because you had, you didn't have a voice and you weren't able to communicate you know, just like just like a, a dog or you know any any animal they don't ha- they don't have human language and so you had to kind of learn to com- communicate more on an energetic level kind of like they do and also like sitting for days like you know like a, when that's like what the, happens with your pets when you leave and you go to work or you do whatever you're they're just sitting there staring and i wonder if like somehow <laughs> you just it's like you walked a mile in their shoes and you you spoke you can suddenly communicate Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because one of the things that I definitely can say is that they were 100% there for me throughout everything. And I had amazing friends and people who showed up, but it was the darkest moments when I was alone that they were there for me. And, you know, I held them and I cried on them and they let me and they healed me. And yes, I mean, losing, you know, I think animals have always been a comfort for me. You know, I grew up in a in an abusive household and, you know, I was always drawn to animals. Animals were always kind of my safe place and my salvation. And so, I mean, it's I think your point of view is incredibly intuitive and insightful because losing my voice and, you know, and then coming into this, um, you know, and really this work is what they want me to do is to be able to talk about this and share this with people so that, um, you know, that we can deepen our relationships with them. That's what they want. And it helps everyone. It helps us. It helps and it helps them. And what was, this is an amazing quick story. I'll tell you um, I was in my horse's um, turnout area with my friend. We were sitting in chairs, and he was hanging out with us. And I was practicing giving a talk um, about the book, and I had the book in my lap. And he came over. He was he was hanging out. His head was like hanging. We were like talking underneath his neck because he was just, like <laughs> in the conversation. R- right. And he's one of my co-authors, so you know he was absolutely you know welcome there. Exactly. He, he was participating. <laughs> And um, so I just, I I had the book on my lap and he, in the middle of like me talking about something, 
he turned his head towards the book and he started, he took his nose and he started wiping his nose down the page, uh, the front, the cover of the book time after time, probably 10 times. And he could have just taken the book and eaten it if he wanted to, Uh but it was a very intentional um, act. And then he walked in front of me and he put his neck, uh, he put his nose in front of my neck where my thyroid, um, where my scar is. And he did this intentional breathing. It was like, (sighs) 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 call it the breath of fire in, in, in yoga. And, um, I, tears started pouring out of my face. Oh man, that's crazy. My friend looked at me and she said, she does equine therapy. She said, what do you think he just did? And I said, I think he took all the words out of the book and he cleared my throat chakra because he wants me to, you know, speak. He wants me to be able to speak this message to people. And it was clear as day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I'm not done. He opened the book. (laughs) He opened opened it? He opened the book with his big fat nose to the page of me riding him in front of the book. You can see it. What? He to that page. We were like, did this just happen? <laughs> we were just stunned. No way. Yeah. No way. It's crazy. Wait, I'm not making this up. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. This is, uh, I'll be honest, not, I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> this has just been so cool. Like, I feel like we could talk for hours. Yeah. Well, I feel like meditating with animals is really a movement. You know, as people, I feel, want to get, you know, back in touch with nature, um, you know, and kind of turn away from a lot of the harshness and, you know, things that are going on in the world right now. You know, we do have these amazing creatures that we've brought into our home. All of these things that I describe in the book, they don't cost anything. They are all, it's about time, attention, and intention. And when I say it's a movement, I believe it's a movement because the animals have been, you know, they want to heal us. They want to, you know, they want to share energy with us, you know, at the highest vibration. They, they already are. And they're asking if we can too. And we can. Yeah, so cool. This, my, my, my wife's going to be uh, so happy when I, I go in and suddenly have a connection with the animals. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Don't be afraid, Mark. It's I'm, all, it's I'm not, you know, and and you know, I love to hear the coyotes at night. I, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let my guard down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let myself be vulnerable. You may as well. You know, we're not here for long, and you know, the inevitable is the inevitable. You know, so what I, what I see is that, you know, you can choose to um, try. To protect yourself from something that is ultimately going to happen or you know and this is any kind of relationship this is what the animals teach so we learn with them and then we extend this to people I mean you could feel the same way about your wife you know it's we have the time we have and you know to be vulnerable and to be loving and to open our hearts is truly like the most beautiful thing that we can do without fear without you know going into without futurizing And it's hard, but they allow us to play in that space. Up next is an old friend of the virtual campfire. London Wolf was my second guest on the podcast way back in May of last year. So when you're on hobosafecamp.net ordering your next tarot reading, be sure you scroll down and listen to episode two or re-listen if you've already heard it. 
you know, we always think that the path of the lightworker is one of blissful peace, and maybe it eventually becomes that. But the reality is that we are all dealing with shit along the way, and it's important to take care of ourselves. It's so difficult to help people when we're exhausted, so be sure you take care of yourself. You can find London on Instagram as at London Wolf Healing, and it's london.wolf.healing. It's wolf, W-O-L-F-E, london.wolf.healing. And uh, check out her website at justbeingme.com. It's J-U-S-B-N-M-E.com, justbeingme. And um, she's working on a lot of things right now, so uh, check keep checking on her because she's got a lot of updates coming up. London, take it away. Um, right now, I am in a space where the old is crumbling. I called on the goddess Kali, and you know she plays no games. Nope. <laughs> Be very careful when you call on her. <laughs> but I called on her and like I find myself in this space where um, like the old is totally crumbling, like having to move um, in the midst of like a career change, just reconnecting with my twin flame. It's like all at once, but I know it has a higher purpose. Um, last month was really, really intense. Uh, a lot of deep Persian childhood wounds, past life, whatever you want to call it. But what came out of it was just this understanding of like self-love um, and how important that is and how I've been betraying myself all these years by not giving myself that self-love and by actually being codependent, like having how other people treat me determine my self-worth. Yeah. So what what changed? What changed? Like, how did that? Uh, like, what what? How did you get through that? I mean, you're go, you're all of a sudden there's this purging going on. Like, you seem to have come out on the other end. Like, how did you do it? Like, what was so, your technique to to ride that crazy wave? Yeah, crazy is the word. <laughs> so what I did was, um, I made an intention that I was going to heal. That this was enough. That was number one. Then like, like being I, willing, I, like you have to be willing to heal, right? Like you have to like say, yeah. I'm going to heal. Cause like, I, like, as you say that, I'm thinking a lot of times we kind of like to be, not to be sick. That gives us our crutch and our excuse. So it actually sure. saying you're going to heal. And that also means changing. And that gets kind of scary too. Cause you kind of become dependent on who you are. Absolutely. But I feel like at some point you're going to get tired of your own shit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to you get give yourself enough shit you finally have enough right and that's where I was it was like I'm tired of the shit like I, I started to notice my patterns like maybe two three months prior like okay I have this love pattern like this unrequited love pattern this persecution wound um the narcissistic raising mother healing like all of that started to come up and it was like first acknowledgement but then January was like you know what I'm done with this shit like this is not me this is not that it's time to actually do the work so I started um, what I call a goddess hour, or it can be a god hour, <laughs> and <laughs> pretty much um, to navigate the intensity, I was set up, set aside like an extra hour in the day, practically like the morning, uh-huh. and in that hour I would like journal how I feel, and I picked like um, certain oracle cards, basically like ascendant masters or goddesses that I would work with for the week. And each day I would take their card and just journal, like whatever their realm was and like bring up emotions or say how I felt. A huge part of that healing though, Mark, came from like 
getting off of social media. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was it? Why? Why is that? <laughs> because like okay, I do like you. Like I post readings, and you know a lot of people mm-hmm. are coming. And it was a lot of people that were dependent on me, especially with their twin flame journey. And it was, it was just too much overwhelming. And it just was like, I felt like a lot of voices was on social media. And then you had all this fear with like the, you know, Trump thing, right. a lot of, um, and it was just taking away my solitude and my peace. So I just up and got off and <laughs> missed our first initial contact, you and I. <laughs> yeah, that's where you went. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, spirit was like, like I, I kept like coming back, going off. Then spirit was like, no, you gotta go. So I just shut it down. And I tell you that moment, I had peace. I was able to hear my voice, go into my intuition. Because when you're healing and you're in that sensitive space, it's not really good to talk to others because you're you're trying to like strengthen your own beliefs, right. and you can easily be triggered. And people were coming with crazy stuff, and I'm like, well, maybe I am wrong for what I'm thinking, or you know, right. like oh. This is the subject, so yeah, I had to go. Do you think too? Do you think yeah. too? It has to do with, uh, like, like I have I have a lot of friends right now, a lot of people who are on a social media break at the moment, kind of taking a cleanse. Yes. And it's almost like, like, do you like now that you've come back, are you now a little more guarded? Because it seems like like when we like I had I went through the exact same thing when you first start doing these things and you start taking on these energies from people you don't know. And, mm-hmm. and at first you're just like, yeah, bring it. Like, let me help as many people right. as I can help. And then you start getting burned out and your 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 message box is full and it almost becomes yeah. a chore to log on to your social media. And now that you've taken a break and you've kind of reset and you come back, now are you kind of holding maybe uh, people at an arm's length and maybe putting up some defenses for yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, when I was <laughs> thinking of doing it, yeah, it's a good thing, right? It's yeah. It's whole self-love healthy boundary thing uh-huh. like I stopped doing romance readings like I don't even do it for clients I just took it off my website because I felt that was a codependent type of thing yeah. so I noticed like I lost some people which is fine you know um, but I also gained some people but now it's like I'm posting but I'll answer when I can before it was like oh I gotta answer this person answer all these people and it's so many messages right but now it's like even even though I'm here, Mark, I'm still kind of like not here. So it's like I'll post, I'll talk, but I still know I got to take that retreat period because yeah. I'm I'm sensitive. Like right. the way the energy is set up, it's making me extra sensitive, and I gotta honor that. But I feel if I didn't take that detox break and really work on those wounds, I wouldn't have reached this point. I would have still been like going through hell, but still being there for others. So that arms length, yeah, definitely is needed. Right, and you know you kind of start swinging off. Like, like, like we go to, through these extremes and when you get kind of into one extreme where you kind of get into a manic phase and you just get into playing that character, you need yeah. to like stop sometimes and just kind of recenter and remember yeah. like, okay, this is, this is the new role I'm going to play that character. I don't know why I thought I could play that character, but Absolutely. that wasn't going to happen. This is my, this is the new me. Yes. And I feel like London, like, why have you been such a people pleaser like all your life? Um, I, that was like the core, that was the boom that got me like, whoa, you know, you, you're trying to satisfy everyone. And then it takes you to a place where if those can't, those people can't be there for you. Now you upset with them. But I was like, wait, I can't be upset with no one because I didn't set that expectation. I didn't let that person know that I also wanted to receive. I just gave and assumed that they knew. So 
is not really their fault that I'm in this position. And that's a key thing to the healing when you actually have to take responsibility. And sometimes even receiving and being and, and what you need to you like you don't like when somebody comes to you with a problem, you're you're perfectly happy to talk to them and help somebody yeah. through. But sometimes you don't really need anything back from them. What you need to receive is just some the space, <laughs> you know, like yes. I've helped you now. Yeah. Now, I don't really need anything back in return from you, except now let's have some space. You go deal with the stuff I've talked to you about. And yeah. and what I want in return is just not to, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, so I should just stop. <laughs> but right, I know what you mean. True, yeah, yeah. See, now I try to answer all of my messages, but I do it when I feel like I actually have the energy to do it. Otherwise, I just start getting bitter because it's like, so, it's so much sometimes. And it's like one thing that gets me and I, I felt like, okay, it was a reflection of myself because, again, everything goes back to you, like handing power over to me. So it's like you have the same capability to get the messages. Right. So it's like if I give you a response or like I, I post my public readings, like that's my gratitude. I'm here to help people. But when a person like goes beyond that and want more and more and more and more and more, it's like, wait, now you're handing your power over to me and I have to give it back. And a lot of times, like I get it when you're in that space and you want answers, but I had I had to like cut this fine line and say, no, the message that I've given is what was meant to be given. Like now you take that information and you go the next step. Right. Right. Because you're a person, too, and you're living your life and you're having your right. own problems and your own crises that you're having to deal with and and you want to help as many people as you can so i, I actually think you can help more people when you kind of put up a little protective barrier around yourself because you don't burn out and you don't have to take those breaks because when you leave like when you leave and my other friends leave for their their little social media breaks to recenter i miss them <laughs> you know <Yes. laughs> and i missed you too so so yeah i miss you and so it's like it's like all right well now so like Maybe don't take on so much so you can not do that again. (laughs) (laughs) And then they all come to you, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's coming to me anymore. (laughs) They're like, oh, Mark is still here. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I'm always there. But Uh, I do feel like I'm about to um, take a different direction. Um, Like, remember I was telling you, well, you told me, like, when I got my reading from you, which is excellent, um, about these messages and dreams and Uh things of that sort. So I feel like that's where I'm meant to go next. And it's just that whole comfortability with, with having those type of messages that I'm going through now. So I've been like writing um, about like the dark agenda and like what's going on there. Um, I kind of created a page on my website, have not released it yet. My website's under construction right now, but my soul is like, it's time. It's time to dive into that realm because you have this celestial knowledge that can help people. And if I don't put those messages out there, then I will feel bad that I didn't warn anybody or say anything. And yeah, that's the path I'm going right. to take. So, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think, I want to, I want to ask you this. So the last time I talked to you, you had some programs, you were, you had a different, a different path, not it was the same path, but you were taking a diff, kind of a different approach, and you had some things you were gonna yeah. you you were working on, and now you're kind of moving on to something else. How important is it to allow yourself? Like I don't know, this is kind of a hard time that I've been struggling with, and you might have heard it 
coming out in my readings as I've been posting is is when to know when, when to abandon a goal, and 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 I think it's like when you realize that your goal, this goal you've set, is really just was really just the stepping stone or the catalyst to get you to your real goal. Because like mm-hmm. it seems like if you were to have just stuck with where you were, I don't, I don't know how long it's been since I've talked to you six months ago or something. And, right. and, and if you would have stuck with that exact same path, I mean, you're, you still are, I think you still have the same overall goal, but that mm-hmm. path to that goal, instead of like allowing yourself to change and now kind of where you're able to go, it's like, there's kind of like this infinite, you're kind of creating this thing now rather than yeah. trying to fit into the status quo, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I just started rambling. I don't even know what I was asking you. <laughs> no, I know. I know you're asking me like, you know, how do you know when to abandon? Yeah. So, the thing about me, like, let, I got to take it back. In terms of, like, my writings, I have no idea of anything that I write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I can't remember a quote, a title. I, I have know. to listen. I'm, I'm right there, too. I know exactly. Right? So, uh, in fact, when you say, it was, you told me in that reading, and I was like, I did? <laughs> I have to go back and read it. <laughs> like, I have to go to my website. like, I said, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> So I kind of like developed this um, mentality, like once it's out of my system, like I'm satisfied. So I don't really write for others in a sense. I write because I enjoy it. And because I enjoy it, people enjoy it. Um, and that's how I feel about like going to the next level. I've, in my sense, it's like, it's so much to this path, um, so many different elements, but they all tie together. It's not like you're gonna totally abandon one aspect, you're going to bring that on with you. But when spirit says it's time to move on to the next level, there's this deep knowing and you got to go with it. And that's where I'm at now. It's like, okay, I've been, I didn't even plan to do like this twin flame stuff. Like I did not, (laughs) that was not me (laughs) at all. Just one day I woke up and was like, okay, divine masculine, divine feminine. Like I didn't even study it, know about it from anybody. It just came to me. And I just, created this type of culture um and then you have to be confident enough to know in 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 your your whatever i guess your guides to know to take that download and say yes this is it it doesn't matter what anyone says i know i didn't research it this is what it is this is what it is and that's it's like it's weird because i am a shy person i'm very introverted like even when i made my website i was like if nobody comes that's fine okay <laughs> as long as I created it and and it goes back to long as I create something I'm fine but now it's like my path is totally changing Mark it's to a point where it's like the old like all the lessons that built up to who I am now are are coming into realization and now it's about actually being London Wolf if right. that makes sense yeah yeah so this whole realization, like, you are a Blu-ray star seed. Like, did you not know that? Like, <laughs> and, and it's almost like now you don't even have to say that. Now you're just like, I am London Wolf, and that's implied. Boom. And then you can feel that power. Uh-huh. Like, I feel, when you said that, I felt that power. And I was like, oh, shit, I am London Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't like it when you disappear. <laughs> I, I'm not disappearing no more. And if I do, I'm going straight to your inbox and saying, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk you through it. Go- I'll talk you through. I don't think you'll need that anymore. It's, it's I, and maybe when I say abandoning a goal it is is kind of harsh. It's more like knowing when your original goal. It's, it seems like you're just adding to it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, like 
Like the, the first goal yeah, had to have been there. You're basically adding to it. Yeah, you had to have created that first goal because you didn't know this one was even possible until you even started on that mm -hmm. journey to something achievable. Like you would have thought, there's no way where I'm at now is even achievable until you start off on kind of a lesser one. And Absolutely. Almost before you, and before you even complete that one, you're like, all right, I get it. I'm supposed to go way up there. <laughs> you know? When I first started this whole, like, you know, as a child, of course, I always had a, um, like an interest in the occult, spirituality, all of that good stuff. But when I was like, oh, I'm on a spiritual path. I was like 19. I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to meditate. It's going to be simple. It's going to be easy. No, uh. -uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. It was like, wait till you turn 25. We got something in store for you. We're going to kick it up three notches. On you. <laughs> and since then, like in the last, okay, I just turned 28 last Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, no, 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 Wednesday. Last week. <laughs> Wednesday. Um, but the last three years have been so transitory. That was when I actually learned that I was a starseed, and that was when my path changed tremendously. The contact, um, the realizations, the the visions, like all of that. And lately, it's been a lot more visions, um, if anything. And it's like, okay, now I know who I am. Now I know why I'm here. Now I know what I need to do. Of course, there's still things you got to deal with in a 3D that doesn't agree, but right. it's not so simple to knock me off my path and make me believe others. Like now it's like, I hear you, but inside of me, something is so strong saying that's not true. That's true for you, but that's not true for me. Right. And also being able, you see all the shit going on in the world yeah. and, and, and it's, you are still able to function at, as your higher self, even with that at that shit going on, rather than that shit affecting you to a point where it's shutting you down. But let me tell you, though, Mark, <laughs> last month was intense. Like, I was such the divine masculine energy, and it was kind of trickled into hyper-masculinity. Like, I forgot I was, like, a female, just thinking of standard gender roles. Like, right. I was so there. I had my hoodie. I had rap music. Like, I was just... <laughs> There. Well, I think there was like, a big masculine wave that swept through there. It was. Yeah. It was. And I kind of like had small epiphanies, like of what was going on. And then I had like little moments and I kind of like um, recorded like an audio on my Soul Journey page on my website. And the message basically was like, wake the fuck up. Like that was the message. It was like, you're, you're going through this, but you still can have like these glimpse of hope. Like you do got some spiritual tools. Maybe you're only in this divinity state for two minutes, but in that two minutes, you got enough downloads to help you um, go through everything. But the wave was very strong because it just hit. And I was telling people I saw a vision for a while of like this massive blue wave, like heading towards Gaia. And that wave was the wave of truth. And it hit in January. And that's when all of the protesting started and, you know, people talking on Internet like this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, right. like all of these realizations came and it settled on the earth. And then what sh was shown to me was that like there was this this new surge of divine masculine energy that's kind of like coming up and, a, and it was like meeting resistance with hyper masculinity. But then like on the outside of that, you had divine feminine energy. But in order to access that energy, you had to be diligent and in tapping into it. It wasn't so easily accessible. Like we're used to, and I'm over here like I'm used to just being in my feminine energy, getting these messages where now I have to make time 
to tap into that energy. And I kind of feel like it's a blessing in disguise because by making time, it means you're owning the fact that you are a spiritual being. You're, you're preserving that and you're doing what you got to do to actually pull that in it's, it's, instead of just ex, ex, what is it, expecting it to be there. So it's it kind of worked its way out. Yeah, I like I like thinking of it like that. Like we were just kind of hit with this big wave of energy, and and it kind of everybody. It was just there was just everybody had a knee jerk reaction, and and yeah. you almost want, like looking back, you wonder if it has to happen this way because we've got to be shaken awake, and we boy, to. we're shaken awake. But now this that this yeah, now but now that this big shaking's gone on, and now we're like we're we're like finally getting our heads and getting our bearings and, and realizing that this has happened now we got to get to work like we can't like now the real work starts and it's like yeah it's so important that like we pushed through that like that was a big the universe was like oh you want to see a hurdle here's a hurdle and yeah. you could have completely melted down but look you didn't you're sitting here you're laughing and but now what now we still have to address it but now we can do it with level heads yes it's it's kind of like now you know piggybacking off what you're saying is dealing with the aftermath um and in my mind now it's like okay though i'm going on this new journey of exposing the dark agenda and letting people know what's really going on behind the scenes it still ties into my divine union um coaching and, and knowledge as well because during that time period it was like the divine feminine stepping into the divine masculine shoes to get their perspective for all the things that they were going through to heal that energy. So that's why it was very, very strong. Now the divine masculine has actually awakened and gotten this epiphany. So the energy is leveled out. So what we're dealing with now is just the aftermath of all the karma and everything that's been done and like going through the rubble and getting the jewels and now meeting at a zero point and going out into the world and being who they both are and what they were showing me was that this year is a year of like a lot of um divine counterparts being scattered around the earth so a lot of people are like relocating like myself i'm relocating to california um so i'll be closer to you yeah right on <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like a lot of people like just going to different parts of the earth healing grid points like all of this is going on and then they showed me like People like myself who are on the East Coast, like we're, we're getting hit a lot harder because we're closer to the bullshit. Um, moving us to like the West Coast or to like a softer energy to recharge us, to like really have us understand what it's like to be in that energy more often than not. And then having us go from that incubation stage to other parts of the world. So I just saw like this massive vision of like everybody in white robes just going around and doing the healing work. It's like now we're doing what we've been talking about in our readings and to our friends. We actually have to be hands-on this year because shit is real. Like, we got some beautiful people that's running right. this world. Right. And I love what you said about how the like the grand feminine stepped into the shoes of the grand masculine. Yes. And I think what, what that also did was it helped men in general step into the shoes of women in general because suddenly here were the here were all these women that were totally filled with this masculine energy and men for a week or two there got a chance to like kind of feel what it was like to like i mean not in the full sense but at least in a hypothetical sense of like oh like 
it doesn't really feel that great to not have the power, you know. And suddenly here, suddenly here comes my my demure woman, and suddenly she's telling me, "No, this is the way it is." Oh, Absolutely. now I see what they live. Definitely all about seeing the other's perspective to create yeah. that unconditional love and acceptance. So even when my own masculine counterpart came back in my life, you know, it was like, "Whoa, dude, I have a new level of respect for you because I was thinking your thoughts and like feeling what you were feeling," and yeah. Like, that was not easy. So I developed, like, a new compassion for um, men and those who actually are, you know, the divine masculine counterpart. Even though it's all intertwined right, and, of right. course, it's players, but just the prime energy holder. Um, we, it needed to happen. Well, I mean, we're, we live in culture, and so, it's yeah. of course, that's the way our mindset goes. So it's, it's good to shake it up and remember, hey, we're both – both we're all both yes we are. we are and it's and it just shows like i i develop like a newfound love for the infinity sign i have it tatted on me but i look at it now and i'm like i get you <laughs> <laughs> right on i don't get you <laughs> and 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 now that i get you it's like it's of course you're still healing through things and you're like coming up with these blocks that you got to purge through but Inside, I feel like there's this inner knowing now with those who have actually done the work. Like, this is the path. Like, there's nothing to run to. There's nothing else. Like, I have to do it now because the universe is not playing. It's not right. playing killers anymore. It's like, I let you be in your baby stage. Not anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I know what's coming and I know what you need to do. So I'm about to level you up like no other. So let's not get shaken again. Let's be ready yeah. for it. Yeah. No more shaking. I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you say go left, I'm going to go left. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. My next guest is someone else who I've known for quite some time in the virtual world, so it was so awesome to actually hear her voice. Like London, Heather Belt knows the struggles of walking the light worker's path. But, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I realize that it's in the overcoming of these struggles that we're really able to bring a new level to our art. You have to check out Heather's store, Three Eclectic Rabbits. She has the most amazing teas, oils, and other awesome metaphysical products. But I'm here to tell you, those oils, they are amazing. I find myself frequently drenched in her floral scents. So be sure you check her out on Instagram. Uh, she is at Starry Pluto Messenger. And you got to check out her shop. It's three eclectic rabbits.storeenvy.com. And that's three with the number three. So three, the number three eclectic rabbits.storeenvy.com. Heather, tell us what's up. As always, you know, like my first introduction to the craft was Scott Cunningham. And a lot of his stuff is very heavy handed in herbs and incenses and, you know, stuff like that. So um, I grew up on a farm. I've always kind of really been interested in plants and herbs even before I knew anything outside of you know what they could medicinally or even like on a farm setting be used for and um I started really small with just like taking my stuff to flea markets on weekends and I was really surprised that you know I always sold out, you know, even I, I had doubts even when I first started doing it, especially being in a small southern town. And um, it was really strange to me that every time I would do this, everything would completely sell out. And so um, I worked a nine to five for six years. I went to college, got a degree, worked nine to five for six years, completely miserable. And then I just 
when I got to a place where, you know, I could have some free time to think and really think about what I wanted to do, this was it. Like, I was like, you know, just go back to like what you did that made you really happy and made you feel grounded. And I just got back into it and, you know, just it's, it's hard to explain. It was just something that was like always there and, you know, just jump back into it. And I think, like I said, that at first, I don't think the store had a lot of direction because I'm that kind of person. I don't really work systematically. I just kind of like go intuitively how I, I kind of move intuitively how I feel. Right. Right. So your, your business plan evolves in the moment. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, what's great about doing it online is it gives you that freedom to do that instead of like being stuck with a brick and mortar. Right. Right. Yeah. I think the, uh, the the online being able for small businesses to go online to things like Etsy and store envy is really keeping a lot of people alive. (laughs) That wouldn't have another. That's where it is right now. It's kind of hurt a lot of people, but because me and um, me and my husband talk about this all the time. The brick and mortar, typical Azure Green New Age store, it's over. Right. It's not happening anymore. People won't, sh- you know, I've seen them like crash and burn, it, especially within the last like five or six years. They just will not stay open, especially. I don't know about, you know, the West Coast, but here in the East Coast, it, it just won't. And so like online, people are either they're making them stuff, making the stuff themselves or they're looking for something unique and different. Right. And that's it. Instead you know? of just that standard standard thing well that kind of leads me into thinking uh you, you the products that you make um I, I we have a few of your of your uh, are they essential oils i guess they're called or yeah i mean they're pretty much all purpose i guess you could you know they're they're safe enough to use on you know your body but you can burn them in a burner you can dress candles with them you could put them in your bathtub if you wanted to you know you can pretty much you can do anything you want with them i i i uh drown myself in it from time to time <laughs> sit there and just smell like flowers as i'm reading cards <laughs> they're beautiful they're awesome i love them thank you so that so you i, I want to talk about like intent like what kind of like when you're making these things it's clear that this isn't something that you would that's mass produced like there's intent that goes into to every batch you can tell the intent behind it is you know i try not to put any of my own personal energy into it, like what I'm going through, through my own personal life, through the day. When I come into my own space to work, I try to clear it out and then just put the intent of it, like this is going to the person and I want them to get the most out of this that they can for the good. Just good vibrations, good vibes. I know that sounds corny, but that's the thing that runs through my head while I'm making um, the products is just like, you know, I just want good intention, good intention. I don't want anything negative or, and I don't want to, you know, unduly influence anything either that's going into it. I kind of leave the energy where it's supposed to be in the plants and the herbs themselves, how they're vibrating. Right. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's a great way to to think of it. Of the, the, the intent is the original intent of the plant instead yeah. of your intent. That's cool. That's cool. Right on. So, so that's going, that's going well for you. You, uh, what, uh, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of go a different direction here. I'm gonna throw something at you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> now, and this is, and this just came up today. I was doing a, a a stream of consciousness reading for somebody, and and this came up. So this is this is what's on my mind right now. This is kind of what I'm thinking about. And I want to talk to you about it a little bit. Okay. So, uh, 
you, you know when when as a person we're just kind of like on our we're like it's it's hard to talk about it because it sounds like so bourgeois to say I'm enlightened and I'm on my way to enlightenment you know or I'm awakened and you're not awakened you know but I think we do come to a point like in awareness if and if we're working on our awareness and our our empathy where we kind of start transitioning from like pieces in a game to becoming the player of the game yeah. and it's it's kind of like you be when you it's kind of like becoming aware of the game as soon as you kind of become aware of what's happening and so we kind of stop relying on other people to push us around because now it's our job to be putting the other pieces in place. Yeah. So we've got to figure out like, like how you, it's, it's, it's this weird transition where you kind of go from being a student to suddenly being a mentor. I guess that's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. And now you, now, now you've got these new lines you've got to draw with these, with relationships when suddenly you're playing the game. Does that make any sense? It does. That's, you know, that's something that I, I can't, I came out of my twenties into my thirties with, and it's, it's a hard, hard revelation. I think I spent a lot of my twenties thinking that something or somebody had to answer for me. And then when you come to the realization that there is nobody that has the answer for you, right. you have to answer and you've got to figure it out. It's when you really feel that on a soul level, it's, it's it's mind blowing because you don't know what to do with it. Then you're like, oh great, I just started all over again. Thanks. You right. right. Here and now I get to start all over again. Thank you. So. Right. And and you not only are you starting over again, you're starting over again without a sense of entitlement. So you're starting over again, like re realizing I have to do it all on my own. Exactly. You 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 have that, and you have the lingering stuff that you carried in with it, your old habits that you sometimes go back to, and then you have to remind yourself, no, I'm here. I mean, that's what I think this ultimately this experience is all about is just realizing that this is it. What you're going, I mean, you can change for the good. You can change for the bad. Things can be great. Things can be horrible, but this is just it. There is no magic answer. Right. To but you have to be exactly. satisfied where you are. Exactly. You know? There's 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 something there's there's magic. There's like the intent of magic, and then there's also like the other half of magic, which is you kind of have to like do some work. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You kind of have to do some manipulating um, yeah. of of life, and and if you want to make you know like you think of a magician, a magician doesn't just like cast a spell and something appears. A magician is is really working hard to make this happen and not, not yeah. let people see it and pull in different elements. And so it's not, it's a, it's a lot of work that goes into yeah. manifesting this life. It's a, it's a daily, it's not a, and it can be for some people. I don't want to like speak for other people to sit down in front of an altar and, you know, kind of like create this. For me, it's always just like this mindful meditation that I walk through life constantly. It's never like, a specific moment where I sit down. It's always like every day I'm co constantly thinking about, I guess that's why I've kind of always called myself. I'm an astral traveler at night. I have always like spontaneously astral traveled without trying. And for a long time, I never, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I would have, um, I also have sleep paralysis where, you know, my mind will wake but my body can't right and during the paralysis. Sometimes I'll have like hallucinations. Um, 
And forever, you know, I never knew what it was. I never knew why this was happening to me. It was super fucking scary all the time. And, you know, when I met my husband, Alex, um, and he explained to me what was happening to me. And it, it kind of just started all falling together for me then. So it's like living that, what I was getting to, putting that together with the way that I kind of like walk through life. It's, it's just a daily thing where it's like you're always having to mentally like process every thing that you're thinking and all these new epiphanies that you're coming up with. And like, that's what I guess that's, I feel like a lot of people are missing that spirituality. And I, I think that there's like some thing today that like just shuts people off mentally to that stream. Do you think a lot of people is just like a comfort? It, it kind of depends on your comfort level. Cause I know, you know, sometimes it takes like a big loss before you actually realize that like what a miracle really is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you might think you know what a miracle is when, when you're like living comfortably and then something happens and you find yourself in a, a really bad spot and then you really learn what a miracle is. Like when, when you're like, like, like you say, when you're every single day, every single second, I'm the same way. I have a, uh, uh, people who are like, you know, you just got to pray. You got to pray. Do you have, do you pray? And it's like every breath is a yeah, prayer, exactly. man. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. like, it's like every breath. I'm like, please help me get to the next minute. You know, <laughs> I think it's a loss of spirituality. I think it's a loss of the connectedness with nature. And I think a lot of it, I have a personal theory about this. I could go on for, for like two hours. A lot of it I think is nutritional. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think a lot of the things that people are in, they say what, like 80% of your immunity is in your stomach. Really? So, yeah. So think about all the things that you eat and you ingest and think about how empty everything is and fast food and it's just nitrates and like processed chemicals. There's no nutrition there. People are like really losing their minds. And I think a lot of it is because people don't stop and think about what they're putting into their bodies. I really think it is creating kind of, I know I'm going to sound completely crazy. This is going to be one of the no, things I tell you to come back. Please don't throw me out there. It's, I think it's creating like a zombie effect. It, it, no, for it really is. I mean, there's, I don't think, I don't know how anyone can deny it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I kind of have a hard time because I live so connected with nature and just outside like all day long in trees. So I always, I've kind of disconnected and I tend to forget that, the majority of people don't have like access to the land that I walk on every day. You know that like, I, I, I forget about that. Like where do you live like in, in a suburban area or do you live in a more rural area? We live in a suburban area outside of Charlotte, the city. So we're probably about 10 or 15 minutes from downtown, but um, the yard that we chose, the house that we chose, we chose this on purpose. It's very like, you don't go out into our backyard and look into anyone else's yard. I always picture you, you guys, uh, like out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that's why I was. Well, I'm... I was when I got before I met Alex. I was, and then when we moved in together initially, we were. And when we moved here for his work, this is the best that we could do at the the moment that we had. Like we didn't have a lot of time to move or look for places. We were kind of in a bind. And so um, it was just something that we um, chose, but it's definitely something we want to get back to. And we, we've created it where we are. We've right. created kind of an oasis. Right. Well, here. you have to. You have to do the best you can and make the best where you're at. Yeah. We, uh, 
I'm 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 losing my lease in May, and I'll probably be right back in a suburban setting and, and yeah. trying to adjust and probably losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not easy. It's not to hear sirens <laughs> and to have neighbors, and but you know, it's just you have to, like you said, create the space where you are, and it's not permanent either. You know, there's always a chance to to move on and that's definitely what we're looking to do even within the next year is just find something outside of here because this city is just not like anybody that's thinking that's listening to this thinking about moving to charlotte do not do it <laughs> do not do it unless you really live in charlotte and you love it then yeah <laughs> and there are people like that look at just as crazy they would look at me if i told them you know my beliefs yeah, but <laughs> oh come on <laughs> so so yeah, so yeah, so I, I understand exactly what you're talking about with like 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 just breathing and and praying and meditating as you go through your day. Um, I'm the same. I have a hard time finding time to sit down and meditate because I feel like I'm in a constant state of meditation. That like, how do I even go think about going? Yeah, deeper? exactly. Yeah. I almost need moments where I pull myself out of it. You know, <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Like I need some more craziness in my life. I've had people tell me that before. That like. Like, I invited this um, medium who lives um, a couple hours away into our home. We actually bartered services. Alex does um, massage. And okay. so he traded that for, like, a medium reading, tarot reading. And I'm very selective about who I choose to do that for me. Um, but I had corresponded with this guy for a while. And the first thing that he said when he came into the house was like, dude, you got to get your head out of the clouds all the time. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's hard to ground yourself when you're not grounded all the time. Right. When you're, once you, once your feet lift off. Yeah. It's hard to come back down because like it feels, just feels so great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then this, this stupid physical world comes along and you've got to deal with uh, survival. Exactly. I mean, there, there's that. Definitely. And that pulls you back. I guess that could be considered your grounding mechanism. I kind of look at it like I have a philosophical mindset, I guess. It's like, I know I should be doing something grown up. I know I need to plan. I want to go back to school at some point. I haven't really decided what I want to like major in yet. But right now, it's just I need time to think like I need time to process things what you were talking about like going through trauma I've lost both my parents in the last 10 years so I'm 34 years old and both my parents are deceased oh, man. and yeah I mean so like I went right to work after my mom died and I never really had time to like process through that I went straight I was in my last semester of college she passed away and then a month later I got a job and it was a high stress job. I was processing insurance claims um, as a paralegal. And I just, you know, this has been my time now to like process uh, 10 years later. I'm processing it still. You know, right. Right. Going through it. And so it's when you're sensitive, when you're spiritual, when you have a certain belief set that's not the standard belief set that everybody else has. People don't let you a lot of times have the room. We have this mentality in our society that thinks you need to suffer to be a good person and you have to suffer to be a brave person and you need to suffer when you're dying at the end of your life. And I don't believe that. Like, And a lot of Asian cultures don't believe that either. You know, it's just... 
it's our society that's like, you know, you can't be sensitive and you can't be emotional and you can't have feelings or process through things. Just get on with it and move on with it. And, you know, my condolences. And it's <laughs> right. Right. Well, I think I think you also probably like me suffer from just that. It's just really hard to be around people who aren't mindful, you know, and like most people in the nine to five corporate world, not because they're bad people, but when you're in that world, you kind of have to turn that switch off and just, just to, just to let you can like sleep at night. Sometimes, you know, you kind of have to turn off that, turn off some values or turn your, you know, and look the other way on some things. And I just, and like, it's just some, it's just so hard to do that. And it's like, people look at you like, what do you mean you wouldn't take that job? And it's like, well, I, it doesn't. It kind of goes against my core values. <laughs> I know, it, but I know there was a lot of money involved, but like, how was I going to sleep at yeah. night? And so, so it, I mean, there's that. Like, there's, there's just for some reason that we don't put any worth on just like thinking. Yeah. You know, like, like you say, like you just need some time to process, and like the world needs, like people need that. It's, but it's always, it's like if you're not making a dollar a minute, you know. It's almost like our lives end up to like, uh, you know, 50 cents a minute, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like and if you're not making it, if you're not making it, you're worthless. <laughs> you know? And last, but certainly not least, is my good friend, Michelle Silver. I've known Shell for a long time and have done quite a few readings for her, so I know her energy well. Uh, it's so amazing to be able to actually have a conversation with her. Um, and... You know, I didn't mean for this to happen, but this episode of The Virtual Campfire has animal bookends. Uh, Shell is a dairy farmer and a cheesemaker from Australia, and in spite of hurdle after hurdle after hurdle after hurdle, she continues to rise above. She's the epitome of love and kindness and patience, and she shows us that by trusting the universe, we are able to overcome everything. Uh, Be sure you follow Shell on Instagram. She's Shell and Moo. and uh, Shell, take us home. This has been my dream for about 13 years, I suppose. Um, and I have a business partner and a guy created many years ago. And he left me with the cows. So <laughs> I kept going. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I love it and the kids love it. And we've been really settled for a, a lot of years now. Um, and then the farm got sold at Christmas. So... I had to sell half the herd and take off. Now, that was a big traumatic thing for you. That was a huge thing. Yeah, it was. Um, we had to sell a lot of the cattle that. Oh, well, I've raised them all since babies, so um, they're very well loved. They're hand reared. They. I don't do anything aggressively. They have to do it because they love me, not because I have a lot of equipment and right. things like that. So, um, yeah, no. It's been pretty hard for the kids with the cows. We're still on a farm, but we're only only occupying the house yard here, uh, like a little house, a big house and a, a small yard. Um, right. And the cows are a little bit further away, about half an hour drive each way, and it's making it a little bit difficult. But we're trying to get you do what back you got to do, right? Yeah, just trying, trying my best, and have a few people along the way that sort of slay you up a little bit. But you you just keep going, head down, and Try not to let it get you down and just know what you've got to do and got responsibilities and we care we care for the animals. So we it's horrible that we're away and they hate that we're away and it gets a bit um tricky some days. But at your old place they were right there with you, right? They were right there with me. They'd yeah. be waiting there 
morning they'd sleep at the bedroom window. <laughs> like, oh my god, Mark, you've no idea. So that was it was like this huge lesson in uh, like letting go, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I had no choice, and I um, I suppose I, I got a bit down about it, and but I had no choice. And the boys, Mickey Moo and Donga, they were going on fourteen by then. Um, so they, uh, Donga was starting to get arthritis and. Um, they were still walking around. They were awesome, and they're in such good nick. But Mickey had got a respiratory infection a few years ago. He'd lost a lot of weight, so it, I had to do it both together. I was thinking of putting them down on the farm and that sort of thing, but I thought, no, I've got to give them a chance, you know. So right. they um they went off, and I had to sell a lot of the girls that I'd raised, and it was really hard. But we go and um didn't know what to do, and then the day of the sale that I'd sold half of them, they rang and said, we, we found you a gistment. So I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it's been a bit hard. and um, it, it was a real t- test of patience, waiting for the universe to come through, right? <laughs> it, it definitely was. Um, and then the universe sent me a bit of a, a weird bloke, so he sort of <laughs> did us over a little bit. And then, um, yeah, we've just moved to a new town and we know nobody and we haven't really... The kids have got a new school, and oh, it's it's a bit hectic for us at the moment. We're a bit lonely out here, but we're we're trying our best to keep on top of it all and keep going, I suppose. Still in that settling in. I'm not I'm not the youngest, Mark. I'm I'm 41. I'm 42 this year, so. Well, I'm older than you. I got you beat. You? <laughs> I'm going to be 44 this year. Are you? Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I want to, you know, it's so I just I'm just kind of like blown away just hearing your voice because we've had a lot of communication over the last little while. <laughs> Quite some time, like I will message and kept in contact and we've been friends for a long time now. I was so excited to hear your voice. I'm so glad I can understand you. <laughs> what, what? I was like, oh, I Are didn't you... know whether I've got some South friends in the South and my friend oh. kept over there before he was, he was killed over there just late last year. But um, they were South, deep South and Savannah and, it was quite hard to follow the accent, and, right. but it was it's really, uh, yeah, you've got a very nice voice. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> and so that's good. Because it, it was just, it's this weird, uh, I, I kind of have a weird story about you, just with me, and, and, and how I've kind of, uh, I don't know, because you, you don't know my side looking at you. Oh, I've looked at you for quite some time now, because you you yeah. order a lot of, like, you probably, like, will be the responsible for putting my kids through college because you order you get a lot of tarot readings yeah, from me i try to do it every week Mark. i love them it brightens my day i sit there and read it i have a teary every time you send something i'm like oh my gosh like and, he just knows it like he's just got the and, and got yeah the... and when i do the when i do so many of them for you i have to like really like it's like all right what what can i tell shell next like what can i what do i possibly have that i could tell her and so I have to push myself. Like do I you? like to see them come through. Yeah, because I have to try to tell you something new every time. <laughs> and I want to tell you something new. And um but I it was all this this kind of this one sided for a while. You would um you'd order a reading and I'd post it on Instagram and you'd order and you we you'd say something in the comments and I'd come back with just my standard, you know, it's my pleasure. And then you'd order a reading, and then you ordered that email reading from me where I actually, like, asked you, hey, what's going on? 
Yeah. And like no, but since then, like it's been like it completely like like I I had like some idea of what was what your life was just you know from ener- t- you know connecting with energy, but then yeah. but then like once I like got to know kind of a and, I was, and it sucks because it was like right when you were going through losing your farm you know and so I'm like there with you at your like yeah it's been pretty terrible but 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 it's like I just feel like so connected to you now because of that just it just I don't know just we've just been I've just I've just been I've been connecting to your energy for a long time so like you feel like I probably feel like I know you a lot more than you know me because I spent a lot of time thinking about now what is she thinking about trying to put myself in your shoes to write for you and so um, yeah. you're, you're responsible for like just pushing me because it's like I always want to like come fresh for you so it's like it's just it's cool to be talking to you I don't know it's just kind of weird <laughs> I, I sort of sit here and I think oh I'm very isolated I I'm a bit of a hermit I I, I stand out a lot, Mark. I, I've got red hair, curly hair. Like, they can see me coming a mile away. <laughs> and um, I've got – people just look at me, and I don't I don't like that attention sort of thing. Right. So um, I'm trying to get past that, but I'm just a very quiet person, and I just want to be in nature and outside. And I sort of had this picture of you as, like, all camped out in this avocado farm, <laughs> like, with parks and, like, trying to make this. You should see how many people I tell about you, like – <laughs> got this friend Mark, like he's gonna make this hobo safe camp, like it's I'm just trying. gonna be awesome, you know. Like I don't know, I just I don't know. It's probably it's probably it. accurate. I'm camped out here, surrounded by tarps right now. Yep. Oh, that's the way. You got to be in part of nature if you. you I'm, I'm. I suppose I like all the technology, but I'm still very simple. I'm. I'd much much rather be out in the mountains or by a river or than sitting in a city with cars passing me by and um, so yeah I sort of had this romantic ideal that you were all that group of you were all living in this like avocado forest and like making this sustainable living for everyone I thought that's great man I'm supporting him like yeah. that's, <laughs> that's the goal it's really hard it's really it's... and I think I'm friends with your daughter now she's lovely oh yeah yeah she's um, uh, she's a uh... She's amazing. Well, I have um, – I'm friends with Seven Young, Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, she's oh, she's quite close with me too. I, she had a lot of um, – I don't know how she relates to you or and Botanical Rooted. I think that's in the same field as Hobo. That's your wife, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't actually know her name. It's um, Holly. Yeah, she's – it's what, sorry? It's Holly. Oh, there you go. I will give my love to Holly because I, she sent me the most beautiful sage and it is the best sage that I've ever had and we just love it. Oh, like, it's such special sage. Um, <laughs> I'm spoiled yeah. with that sage. She's, you would be. Like, she's just got these amazing, I don't know, this energy that goes with her on that feed and I think, oh, my God. And I know you are in there tied around somewhere and then just from Seven Young, she sort of came back oh, a year ago probably and – she told me that she was in the 4-H club over in America when she was a little girl, and she loves it. And, and I was like, oh, well, see, we can all be a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, she holistic. lives in farmland. She lives in, in farmland. Yeah, and, and, and you know, my I had a I, – I mean, that's still the 
the over the end goal but you know a year and a half two years ago when i kind of started doing all this i did i was kind of, well, i was a little optimistic and thought we're going to do yeah. this we're going to raise money we're going to do this hobo safe camp people are going to be able to come we're going to do retreats and it's just not the global economy <laughs> to like make things like that happen <laughs> right now I, you know so yeah. I, it's still i mean that's still like i don't know how long it's going to take but God, I've been doing it for 15 years, Mark. Don't give up yet. No, no, no. I'm still not, not even close. Not even close. We're just getting started. I just, I, and, and right. I just, I just thought it would be a, a shorter road, and then it, I'm realizing that it's going to be. I'm just getting started. Like I thought I'd be done by now, and I'm really just starting. Just, you know, just reaching the right people got, that need to be reached. At least you've got someone special to share that with along the way. Like I think that's what I found difficult is that. I don't have a nice man. Like the the kids don't even have their dad in their life, and that gets me down a bit sometimes. Yeah, and I think, gosh, share growing up children with someone, you know, like. Um, but yeah, it's uh, keep going, don't give up. No, no, don't. not even, not even, not even close. But same yep. to you, you can't give up either because, because look, there there might not be a, a a man in your life right now, and your kid's dad's not in their life, but. You're there, you know, like, like. Oh, yeah, they totally. They're um, they're definitely very blessed to have our life, and they they appreciate that, and I am their number one supporter, and they're mine. So we're we are this little team. Like, mm-hmm. um, without them, I probably would have given up years ago. But it's for their future as well that I believe that, you know, you can have a more natural based lifestyle than, um, I don't know, nuke in the earth. I, I just think that spread a bit of love and we all have to tolerate bad people and things that go difficult in situations. But when you can come home to the farm and it's just, it's easy and it's calm and there's space and you have a, a freedom that, yeah, you don't, you don't get otherwise. And, and other kids, like my kids have a real appreciation of um, res- just responsibility and love and kindness and, be nice to the animals. Like people don't know where their food come from, and um, it's important, I think. So. Right. No, exactly. Like I can, I I know it's hard for you, but I I can sit here as an outsider and picture what's happening, and how you are becoming this tight knit, and even maybe losing your farm and kind of where you were comfortable and have being forced into this level of discomfort where you guys don't know each other and you have to rely on each other. And I think down yeah. the road you're gonna look back and you're gonna say. Man, because of all that shit we went through, like we're really yep. tight now. Like it's all just kind of preparation for like whatever that next thing is going to be. I think we've been tight a long time since their dad left. Um, he's a bit of a violent, crazy man, so we don't have anything to do with him at the moment. Um, but we're just so much settled in the last two years since he's gone, and or three years now. But it just gives you an appreciation of what really is important and. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we'll get there. Um, but I think they'll they want to keep going. So if, as long as they want to keep going, I'll keep going. And right, well, yeah. And and look, man, I I know like the 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 universe has been throwing a throwing a storm at you for the past year, six months to a year. Yeah, I I've had. A, I'm not skinny because I work out. I'm the laziest person you ever know. I had a bowel infection. So I only have half a bowel. I lost that at 29. So I don't have the best of health some days, but 
um, just with pain and things, everything's correct in its place. But um, yeah, that we, I think that's why I have, I don't work for other big dairy farms and manage them so much anymore because I can't keep up and I'll lose too much weight and I'll, uh, things like that. So it's easier when you're not feeling well, you can just, you milk at 7.30 and the girls are just waiting for you and they right. understand and they understand the pain and, yeah, they're very smart animals, so I definitely fell ill. I still, I still think it's worth it. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't have changed it, so I'd. Might well, you just make adjustments. Bit. You just make adjustments yeah, to your life so that you can that you can do so you can have a quality of life too. You know, like when yeah, you... yeah that, I think that's what it is. I think I'd rather live in a cardboard box than have that best of everything and be unhappy. You know? Right. So. Right. Right. And you're, it's coming. You're getting there. I'll get there one day. One day. <laughs> Once you're, well, well, you know, someone's got to see that red curly hair coming and be like, "Who's well, this?" Like, they all do. Yeah, but I can really pick them. Don't you worry. If there's anyone that's got <laughs> some issues or a little bit of a low self-esteem, or they love me, and then all of a sudden, then they'll spit me out and then they'll bite me. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, where did that come from? Well, so I get burnt problem. a lot. So that's everybody. I know. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. <laughs> but, but that's, you know, that's it. We all live in our little bubbles and think, oh, my God, life's hard today and I'm lonely and I'm this and I'm that. But everyone has their own struggles and we forget that as a, an entire universe and planet that we're all tied in. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me questions, Well, Mark, well and really. you can't take it personal either, like when these things don't work out. Like you – you you think it that you just have bad judgment and you pick the wrong guys, but there's just a lot of wrong guys, and so you just, you just you're gonna pick a lot of wrong guys before you get to the right one, you know. Holly was gonna set me up on this like dating service, and I haven't got anything. No, no, I'm like, well, no men, on. no men emailed her. <laughs> oh my god, really? They're all bad. Man. There's no men. There's no men to set up. Oh, they're all out there, but they're all a little bit creepy in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe look at it as a blessing. Oh, I think it is. I'm better off alone than to end up with an idiot. So, <laughs> oh. but but again, like you you what I what I want to say to you is like you've shown so much patience, and it just seems like, and I think this is what I try to tell tell you. I think in every reading I give you, I think from the very beginning, and it's. And it's like, I don't want you to, like, think, like, what is this guy going to stop telling me I have to be patient? But it's like, just be patient. I just know. Be patient. I don't think that. <laughs> be patient. Get... I, I sort of uh, – I usually send one if I'm something – I'm stuck on things and I've got no one to talk it over and I think, get a bloody tarot reading. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Or if it's dad's birthday or someone's birthday or things like that. Or I just like to get them, I don't know, all the time. Like, I, there's a few other tarot people, but it doesn't seem sincere, Mark. Like, you, I don't know, you just, you do hundreds of ones for other people, and I read them all, and I think, how do you know all this? Like, and it does, it helps me process what I do in my life to, I don't know, I don't know how it does it, but, yeah, and, and I sort of think, well, when you pull those cards for me that someone's thinking of me, and, and that blessing is coming towards me somehow through the universe however it is through wi-fi i don't know <laughs> it's true though i am thinking about you yeah, like, when i do that that's <laughs> about, like, um, so yeah it definitely it's definitely helped me 
Um, I look forward to them. I'm like, oh, yeah. And when the storm went down the other day, I was like, no, I won't get my rig. It's all good. I'll get you to do an email one for me. Then yeah. it'll really prick you. <laughs> yeah, do it. You're you're the you're you're the person that makes that lifts me up to that next level. Oh, good. It's usually good. when when you come through, it's like, all right, I I gotta now it's time to change the message, because you know you get in a rut. I write a few that all can, that are kind of in a row, and then and then you come along, and it's like, all right, well. But they're never the same. I read them all, and they're never the same. It's like you've channeled into part of our lives individually, but it's still a. It still makes sense to other things, and sometimes you you write another one for someone else, and I'm like, is that meant to be tagged for me? Like, what does this man? <laughs> you know, I wonder if it's I follow a lot of people on Instagram, like yeah. like 5,500 people, and do you? And I scroll through, and I like that's when I'm sitting. I, I'm never sitting idle. If I'm awake and I'm not doing something, I'm on Instagram and I'm just scrolling through pictures. And I look at, I look into a lot of people's worlds. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, I don't know. I think that might have something to do with it. Just to, I, I, I kind of have a feel for. I, I get into trouble. People think, well, I started this quote thing in the middle and oh my gosh, like that has driven me sane. Like it is insane. I can't find enough quotes now. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Right, it's got to not have my square in the middle. And then there's another man, he makes fun of me, like, where's your square? And I'm like, damn it, I need to find a quote. But it's really for me. Like, I did, I started Instagram years ago so I could make memories for the kids and I'd so that they could remember that sunrise or that, you know, what we did that day and those right. animals that we loved. And so it's really like my little personal photo album that – because I don't have a camera now, so everything's on my phone. Right. So – I just sort of, it's usually our day-to-day life or if I'm trying to pick myself up or think of something nice or I am a good person. I, I'm bloody loyal and I do the right thing by people, but I always get burnt. Like, and I think, oh, do it anyway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm quite you, so just be nice. And they never forget me, but that could be my hair also. So. <laughs> well... Like what I was trying to say earlier, like though, was you can't take it personally. Like there's all, like it's not, it's not necessarily because of you. There's just, like you say, there are people who are dealing with their own issues that yeah. come to the surface, and who knows why it happens, and who know who who knows why people behave the way they behave. So, it's, I think it's just important to just, like, it's not you that ha- that's the problem. It's them. That's <laughs> the problem. You know. So. I trouble the other day for doing something that I didn't do but I've and it sort of caught us a big catastrophe in my relationship and I sort of took a step back and thought hang on why would you do that like and it was blown out I I got into trouble because I someone said that I was married to him and I didn't know and they were all making fun of me being married to someone and I sort of sort of said oh yeah we're friends but we're not married like and apparently it humiliated him and he went out with someone else and I'm like oh my god like why would you do that like (laughs) I sort of, yeah, I sort of get blown by people sometimes, but I think, oh, whatever, it doesn't yeah. really affect me. Like, I get, I get that about you. You're just too nice. I, I do. I, I so get burnt. Like, yeah. And, and still, people will do me over years ago, and they'll ring up and say, "I'm doing really badly," and I'll say, "Do you need anything?" Like, do you need, a, do you need to like screw me over yeah, to make you feel better about yourself? I'm here for you. 
when my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through when my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through if you tell me that you love me i'll be coming back to you 